You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. Welcome back, and thank you for joining me on this bonus episode with Chaz Wolcott. After our conversation in the previous episode, he told me about an audition that I thought would be perfect to share with you. So before we get to the final five questions, I wanted him to tell his audition story of a shattering performance for one of his favorite choreographers. Okay, so I was in, I'll be really specific about this audition story because it's memorable and I think it's funny. Um, I would say one of my biggest idols in this industry and in general is Andy Blankenbuehler. I just think he's brilliant. I think that he, I, I align and understand like his method. I think, you know, I just really love him, respect him. Uh, first time that I was in a callback room with him, um, I had taken his class and all that business, but I've never been in like callbacks. I was in callback for bandstand um, on Broadway and it was my <clears throat> birthday and I was really feeling it. And I had this wonderful um, opportunity where his assistant, Jamie Verizon, there was like an extra guy in the room and they were partnering. And for whatever reason, I ended up being the extra guy who didn't end up with a partner. So his assistant, Jamie, came back and partnered me. And it was like the best ever because she like taught me all these inner tricks to how to do everything. She was awesome. And so I was feeling real confident about this combo and I did it and I felt good. And it's like exactly my style. Again, he's my idol. I love him feeling so good. And at the end of the combination that, you know, we're dancing with girl, whatever. And the guy does this like knee slide straightforward. And I, I'm telling you, I nailed this combination. I was like, this is it. I'm going to book my Broadway debut. And I slid on my knee with such gusto and such conviction that I slid right into Mr. Blankenbuehler, who was sitting, sitting on the floor in front of a mirror, which my knee slammed into and shattered the mirror over his head. And I was mortified, completely ignoring the pain that was obviously setting into my knee, but just mortified by the experience oh my gosh. that I was like, oh, I'm so sorry, I can pay for it. Like, I'm so like, I was just mortified because honestly, I just hit a slick spot on the floor and slid too far. Like I wasn't even out of control or like I wasn't, it wasn't like I was so unaware of where he was. I mean, I saw it coming. and was like, oh my God, I'm gonna hit him. Um, I didn't get the show, if that comes as any surprise to you. And I haven't been in a callback for him since, but I'm hoping one day to work with him and be like, do you remember when I shattered a mirror over your head? How could he forget um, that? Like that he must, like when he tells an audition story, yeah. that must be the one he tells. I, I, oh, I hope so. Maybe with humor. I hope he's not <laughs> mad at me. The, the mirror did not fall. So no one was like, you know, no one had shards of glass. Right. It just shattered on the wall. But um, I do think that was like roughly, I forget how many years ago, but I'm waiting for those seven years of bad luck to um, catch up with me. And then I plan on auditioning for every Andy Blankenbuehler show I can after those seven years. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I love that. I love that so much. That's a great story. 1000% true. Yeah. On my right. birthday. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that is the gift that keeps on giving right there. Yeah. All right. Here we are at the final five. All right, sir. Are you ready? Cautiously, yes. Yes. Number one. Is this if... like rapid fire? Do I have to answer them quickly? Yeah. No, 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 no. Oh, okay. You know, I, I, I have to of. keep up the energy of the... Of the... Okay. Okay. Yeah. Whew, number one. Number one, if you could have any other job outside of the arts, what would that be? Physical therapist. 
Oh, okay. I almost, almost created a backup plan and went to school for physical therapy. And then I realized that I didn't really want to be a physical therapist. And if I had a backup plan, I would probably use it. And I decided to go to school for dance instead. And, but I still think that's the only other thing that's ever interested me enough to maybe do. Is it the act of like helping people with their bodies and fixing them and that kind of thing? Yeah. And I think specifically, I would want to be a physical therapist for music, like for performers, because I think I, I just enjoy the like work of understanding the body and like why it's responding in certain ways. It's interesting to me. I don't want to be a physical therapist, but if I had to choose something that would maybe be it. (laughs) Right. Like you cannot perform anymore. You got to do something else. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Number two, what is a bucket loose role or show that you still hope to do one day? Yeah, this is like an embarrassing admission to make, but I've never been in chorus line. And I just, you know, I'm not, there's not a ton of things on my bucket list specifically. I just really like work, like working on theater. So my normal bucket list would be like just happily working on theater, whatever theater (laughs) comes my way. But I will say that I would really like to do a chorus line because it's just such an iconic show that is so transcendent. And I feel like I've seen it at each decade of my life and had an emotional, visceral, bawling response for different reasons each Mm. time I've seen it. And, you know, the first time it was about making it, second time it was about like opportunity, third time it was about injury. Like, you know, each time you're just like, you resonate, something else resonates with you. Um, So I just think the show is powerful. I would love to do it. Is there a particular role in Chorus Line that speaks to you? Honestly, literally any of them. I could be a cut dancer for all I care. um, (laughs) I've done that. I have been the cut dancer. Well, I think the problem with Chorus Line and why it's really hard for people to get into is the the, um, identities of the characters are really specific. And so if you don't fit one of them, which I kind of don't fit one of them perfectly, I think that that's kind of why you end up not doing it your whole Mm. life because you don't fit the like very specific type of the character. So like whatever, whoever people see me as, Sheila, I don't care, you know, whatever. (laughs) But that's the thing, as I get older, I can maybe evolve into some other characters that were never on my radar before. Um, so, you know, whatever, don't care. Just want to do the nice. Yeah. All right. So number three, you, you spoke to this before, but who do you look up to as a mentor or someone who inspires you? Uh, there's a long list of people who inspire me. I mentioned Andy Blankenbuehler earlier. I think his work is, you know, incredible and revolutionary. I love Al Blackstone. Um, I love mm. Randy Skinner. There's some really great choreographers that I really resonate with me current that are currently working but the overarching like idol in life so I can't say mentor because I've never met him but as far as like who I would love to emulate as a dancer would be Gene Kelly Um, and then I would actually double that as who I'd like to emulate as a director because he actually doesn't get a lot of credit for his directing work but he did a lot of behind the scenes and behind the camera work that I think um, he brought dance to film in a way that people had never seen it before and I think he doesn't get enough credit for that so Gene Kelly would be the number one but there's lots of contemporary people who I really have a great deal of respect for as well. Now did you discover Gene Kelly on your way to becoming a tapper or was it after? How did you discover him? A good question. Um, I think kind of all at the same time. My parents were both like swing dancers, and so they always encouraged me to dance. I started dance when I was like two, and we definitely watched Singing in the Rain and some of the other amazing Gene Kelly, but Singing in the Rain was the main one um, that I just loved and I just remember my whole life I did a report on him when I was in like second grade like when people were doing like you know biography reports on like 
presidents and stuff. I was like, Gene Kelly. (laughs) So um, I just have always, and I still have it, um, but I've just always wanted to, yeah, I just, I I think his, he had that amazing ability to be charismatic, charming, graceful, while also being masculine and athletic and uh, powerful at the same time. And I think he's one of a kind. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah, he definitely is. I've, I'm not a dancer myself, but I can certainly say Gene Kelly is an amazing performer and someone to emulate, I think, for any of us could yeah. uh, learn something from him. On to number four, what is a lesson or trait that took you a while to learn or maybe one that you're still working on today? Patience. Hmm. I, I, I've always struggled with patience in every way, still do. Um, and that can be really hard because there's like, we've discussed in, in, uh, the directing side of the business, you know, there's a lot of fires you have to put out. There's a lot of parties you have to deal with. There's a lot of, um, there's a lot of voices to be heard. And even as a performer, sometimes you feel like you can't get through what you want to say or whatever, you know, there's and patience is a thing that I, um, struggle with constantly and still do. Is it mostly in that interpersonal that you were talking about, or does it also affect your career as far as like you, you want to be somewhere and you haven't gotten there yet? I think that a little bit. I, I think I mostly mean like interpersonal daily, day-to-day decision-making, all that kind of stuff. Um, and just like, you know, let's go, let's go. Um, just I'm mean, impatient, but I definitely, um, there's, you know, there's always a sense of like, I wish I could be doing this, or I wish I could decide to do this. You know, mm. one of the things that I think a lot of us struggle with, but no one ever calls it out is we're just really out of control in this, in this industry for people who probably like control. Um, if you're a person like that, I am definitely a person like that. I like to like plan and have a, have a plan and be in control of the plan. Um, an itinerary, if you will, if I'm on vacation, I have a plan. I have a, you know, it can, we can wiggle a little, but there's a plan. And it's really hard to have a plan in this industry. So when people, again, like you asked about bucket list roles and bucket list shows and stuff, I, if I do that, I feel like I just will disappoint myself. And so if I list hmm. 20 shows that I want to direct, it's like, well, if I don't, you know, it's not really up to me what shows are I'm offered right now because it's about producers presenting money for certain shows or rights being available for certain, sh- you know, so it's like, those are kind of things that are not really quite on my radar yet. Maybe down the road, you know, things go go really well for 20 years, I can just pick whatever show I want and then I can hit the bucket list. But it's, I think it's hard to make those kind of goals because it's, it's a little unrealistic. You know, you, some, some of that stuff's out of your control. So like I said, my, my bucket list or my goal is always to just create good theater and enjoy doing it. Yeah. Whatever that may be. Absolutely. So last question, what is the best advice that you've received? Uh, my college, so I went to Oklahoma city university for dance, but the dance major is a musical theater dance, um, concentration. And our, uh, the chair of the department, her name's Joe Rowan. She offers advice while giving tondus every day in her ballet class. And uh, seamlessly, um, while we're going across the floor, she says something that, you know, you live by for the rest of your life. And one of her main themes that she says a lot is, and I know she's borrowed this quote, but she's the one that taught it to me, um, is good luck is preparation meeting opportunity. And I feel like I try to live by that, that there is no world in which you will be able to get a great experience for yourself, whether it be a job or anything, if you're not prepared for that opportunity. And so that takes homework, that takes training, that takes class, that takes voice lessons, that takes, you know, whatever it takes, but you have to be prepared for the opportunity when it presents itself to you. If somebody comes up and says, Hey, you look great for this part I'm thinking of, I want you to 
come in and read for this character and you might be on a movie and you've never, you haven't been taking acting classes and you haven't been whatever, you're not going to get it. And mm-hmm. so it's, you know, and, and those opportunities, those situations, like I just said, don't really happen that often. So it's like, you are in control. You're like, okay, I'm going to start auditioning for Broadway musicals. Well, then you have to be in dance class. You have to be in voice lessons. You have to be in acting classes, you know, whatever it is you, if you have this kind of general goal in mind, like you have to make, take the steps to get to that. And, um, I'm not always great about following through with that advice, but when I'm messing something up and I'm disappointed in myself, I go back and say, you know what, you should have prepared more for this opportunity. You should have been doing this, you know, and it always kind of rings true to me. So good luck is preparation meeting opportunity that there is no really, there's no such thing as actual good luck that you never just get lucky. The people who quote get lucky are people who were prepared for the opportunity when it presented itself to them. Yeah. Because not a lot of us do prepare for that unknown opportunity and so it, it feels yeah. like luck to the people who do get it that's true exactly but it's i think it's keeping up with your training and training in the things that are uncomfortable um that you struggle with are the things that might hold you back ultimately so it's like well those are the ones you should be working on not the stuff you're good at if you're a really great dancer and you can't sing you probably should spend a lot of your resources taking singing lessons to improve the singing as opposed to just continuing to take dance class and excel more at the thing you're already good at. So we all have a hard time with that and you certainly need cathartic things to celebrate what you are good at, to feel good about yourself, but you also have to take it seriously. And, you know, so that's my advice to young performers. And and I think it actually translates over to life things that, you know, even, you know, if you're single and you want to be in a relationship, how would someone else find you interesting if you don't even find yourself interesting you know so it's like you have to prepare for every opportunity in your future and if you're not doing your homework and you're not keeping the work up then those opportunities are just going to pass you right by well thank you for joining me for this bonus episode with Chaz. i certainly hope you enjoyed that audition story as well as the final five questions Just a reminder that if you want to enjoy some Zoom dance classes with Chaz, you can find out more about that on the website whyillnevermakeit.com. Just click on resources in the menu. There you'll also see a link to this season's podcast survey. So click on that short survey and let me know what you think about the podcast and these final five episodes. Well, I'm your host, Patrick Oliver-Jones. Let's get together next time as we talk more about Why I'll Never Make It. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Mother's Day is just around the corner, and it's time to pamper the special mom in your life. And what better way than with the Osea's limited edition skincare sets, featuring clean, vegan, cruelty-free products that are safe for your skin and the planet. Osea is a women-founded, women-led brand that's been making seaweed-infused products for nearly 30 years. This Mother's Day, Osea has two limited edition sets that are perfect for gifting or keeping for yourself. 
Their advanced eye care duo brightens, awakens, and firms the skin around your eyes, while the Golden Glow Body Trio nourishes and smooths the skin all over. Both sets are packaged in giftable boxes. They're so beautiful, you can skip the wrapping. And the best part? For a limited time, you can save up to $46 on Osea's sets. Plus, get free shipping. That's Mother's Day made easy. This Mother's Day, get 10% off your first order site-wide with code MOM at OseaMalibu.com. Go to OseaMalibu.com and use code MOM for 10% off site-wide.